0: Hello everyone and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Extra Rounds podcast on the Sports Illustrated MMA Facebook page. As always, my name is Mike Dice. I'm Elias. And it's a brand new era in the uh, history (laughs) of the Extra Rounds podcast. We're we're trying to jazz things up a little bit with production. So uh, bear with us as we as we explore those options, and hopefully that leads to cooler things in the future. Uh, but today we're going to be joined by American Top Team coach Mike Brown. We're going to talk about the return of Joanna uh, when she fights Rose Namajunas in um, I think it's the April card, UFC so. two twenty three uh. in uh, in Brooklyn to try and reclaim her strawweight title. Uh, which, of course, she lost uh, via first-round TKO at UFC 27 in Madison Square Garden. Um, But before that, we're going to just kind of talk about all things UFC, all things Bellator. It was a busy weekend for MMA uh, last weekend, so feel free to chime in in the comments with your thoughts and questions, and uh, we'll try to make time to answer those or discuss those on air while we uh, wait till uh, Mike Brown calls in, and that should be happening in about 30 minutes past the hour, or uh, I guess about 25 minutes from now. Um, But first, um, this... This episode of the Extra Rounds podcast is brought to you by Fanatics, where you can save 15% off your purchase of $50 or more and get free shipping when you use the promo code FANSIDED. That's F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D at checkout. So visit fanatics.com and start wearing your favorite fighter's gear today. So first of all, UFC 220, two title fights in the heaviest weight classes. Let's. Uh, do you want to start at the top or at the bottom?
1: Start at the top.
0: Okay, Stipe Miocic, Yeah. One uh fight against francis nagano who was touted for his punching power and his ability to knock out any uh contender that stood in his path and a lot of people wondered if uh, stipe miocic would fall victim to that even though he's uh, on a run or was on a run of his own first round finishes yeah. but but ultimately uh stipe miocic came in with a game plan was able to grind and wear down francis Naganu and, and get the victory uh via five round decision so uh there's a lot to talk about with this fight. But first of all, um, did, you, did you think Steven Miocic was going to win, or did you have Francis Ngannou getting the upset?
1: Yeah, no, I, I picked uh, Stepe. I thought both men were capable of, of winning, but uh, I had no reason to go against the, against the champion. I thought Ngannou would have a chance to win by knockout, just like he does against anyone. But Stepe is, is actually more of a knockout threat, I feel, than Ngannou, and he's, he's more well-rounded. I believe Francis Ngannou has been training for about three or four years. It's kind of insane how good he is, and right. how effective he is for that. But at the end of the day, he's a younger, you know, big uh, guy with talent and and developing skill that's only been training three or four years. Uh, the, the champion, Stipe Miocic, has the the knockout, the knockout capabilities or more than Ngannou did, I thought. But he has a crisper, cleaner striking, better defensive ability striking. Uh, he's not as wide with his shots, and he also has really good wrestling. I did not know how good Ngannou's ground game would be. Specifically, I didn't know how, how great he'd be at, at defending and uh, takedown and getting back up. Turns out he's, he's pretty dang good at getting up. He has a lot of heart, a lot of conditioning. He didn't he didn't give in. He didn't give up the choke. Stipe was looking for it. If Ngannou had wanted to at any number of points, especially late in the fight when he was taking some real shots face down, he could have given up the choke and, you just oh, you know, a better, well-rounded fighter gave it to him. So Ngann was more than a bully. He's, he's, he's great. And Stipe had to walk through shots that would have knocked out just about anyone else in, in heavyweight history. So you've got to give Ngannou credit. He gave himself a chance to win. He took his shots. He landed some shots. But Stipe ate them. And he's probably not going to do his, his uh, later his later years any he, and he favors by taking those shots. But uh, as you can tell from the way he, he speaks already, it's getting worse and worse but he's a, he's a warrior and
0: he uh, he ate those shots, and then was able to implement like you said a really a really good game plan yeah first of all, Francis Ngannou uh, deserves all the respect in the world I, I was very impressed by how he handled things afterwards. I felt like he was very open, honest, and realistic, mm. breaking down kind of his performance uh you know it's interesting you, you talked about uh, his endurance and you kind of um i don 't want to say praise that might be too strong a word, but you said you know Francis Ngannou kind of showed that he had uh, some endurance behind it, but but it's kind of a similar problem like these these guys who are accustomed to knocking people out run into and it's the same thing with Conor McGregor at UFC one ninety six against Nate Diaz. Is that he is looking at he's headhunting and looking for the knockout punch and then he essentially exhausts himself and he's and Connor McGregor after that fight said he needed to to manage his energy a little bit more. And and you know, when Naganu was uh, breaking down his performance at the post fight presser, that's kind of some of the same things he was saying, you know. I I uh was too active or trying too hard to to get the the knockout punch in the earlier rounds i should have been a little bit more patient and managed and um you know but but also props to steve miocic for for the game plan like he knew what he had to do and he executed it flawlessly you know it's interesting his uh, teammate at strong style in ohio jessica i won like, the week prior at UFC St. Louis, and in her post-fight press speech, or post-fight interview in the cage, she was like, wrestling wins fights, and I think that's, like, MMA fans hear that, and they cringe. They're like, oh, wrestling's so boring. I hate that. You know, you hear Rampage Jackson famously, like, making fun of anybody who tries to wrestle uh, to win, but but when they beat him, because of course some of his biggest wins have been predicated on his wrestling ability.
1: Right? When they beat him with wrestling. He doesn't like. But it. but Stipe <laughs> used
0: it effectively. Yeah. He was able to to get him down and hold him down and wear him out and tire him out and like you know it won him the fight. It won him the title. Yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, there's
1: there's great combat sports that don't involve grappling or wrestling. There's kickboxing. Go watch it. I didn't see any of these fans clamoring to do that in the 70s and 80s. Kickboxing died out in America because all these people that supposedly love it so much didn't support it. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, there's there's the type of folks that 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 cringe at at strategy or tactics in fighting. And I think it's because they're the type of fans that don't look at it as, as a sport. They're the type of fans that maybe they they, they they look at it just for drama as they would a movie or a scripted any type of scripted television. There's still that
0: bloodlust fan. Yeah, and, or there's
1: the bloodlust too. And I'm not super interested in placating those people. I think they have issues that deeper issues that go further than mma if if bloodlust needs to be satisfied by uh by watching other people risk their risk their lives i mean we all watch these fighters risk their lives just like we do with football or any number of other dangerous sports but if you could at least appreciate um the the smarts just like we do in most other sports like we do appreciate that in many other sports you know we appreciate three cloud, three yards in a cloud of dust if it gets you down the field and and gets you points with a solid defense, but yeah it's you know you you can't uh, you can't blame steppete for doing it, and he stood i mean like he did he did they both hit each other with a ton of shots, but Nganu had
0: a shot, yeah yeah he did and
1: Steve and here's a, here's what you know kind of, kind of kind of actually segues into something you mentioned I think something that Connor McGregor had in common, I feel in both fights with with Nate Diaz and maybe Nganu here is yes. They're headhunters in a lot of ways. Kind of goes to the body really well, especially with kicks, but mostly with his punches, he goes to the head. You know, they're headhunters, and it takes energy, and they're not good artists, and they're used to finishing people fast, so psychologically, you've got that letdown if it doesn't happen. But also, they started getting hit a lot in the face. So Nganu, you know, uh, expending a lot of energy and then getting tagged... He, his left hand is low all the time, and Stepe eventually started coming over the top a lot, a lot, a lot. So that's going to tie you out as well. Um, you know, both men have, a, have, you know, good conditioning. I, I was just impressed with uh, his psychology, his heart. You know, he didn't, he didn't give in. Um, he slowed down. He's a big dude. I'm going to slow down. <laughs> given, <laughs> his,
0: given his background, like, heart is a part of his core. Of who well, he is, sure. You know? Sure. Um, and, and like you mentioned, he's young. He's only been training MMA for, like, three or four yeah. years. He's got a bright future. Like, And especially in the heavyweight division, he'll be back in a title you picture after, so. you know, a handful of fights. He ran, runs off another four wins, and he'll be right back in, in the mix yeah, uh, if, if for that, a title yeah. shot. I mean, look at Alistair Overeem. He, if, had he won that fight, he would have gotten a title shot. Somehow. and he would have been Miocic's first and third title defenses. <laughs> hey, right, uh, so That's
1: partially just a bad job by the UFC, you know, but yeah, there's <laughs> but just you <laughs> know that, the, that'll happen again, right? Yeah, the yeah. talent
0: at heavyweights thinning, and mm. you're looking for names and. You know, it's right for the problem. So, so totally. who's next for Miocic? Who do you want to see him fight next? I
1: mean, if Cain Velasquez is healthy, it's got to be Cain Velasquez. If he was healthy, it should have been him now. So, I would, I would imagine that if they're healthy, if he's healthy, and the and the timeline works out for both of them, I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: If it's a second half of the year return for Cain Velasquez, would mm-hmm. you like to see Verdoom get in there first?
1: You know, I don't mind it. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. What, what is Verdoom What was his last, his very last fight? Who do you?
0: I can't uh, Remember that he fought somebody on short notice who moved up in weight. Uh, what's the name? Oh, that's right. Um, uh, he fought. Uh, well, Walt oh, I'm Harris. sorry. That was Walt Harris. Walt Harris is a heavyweight, yeah. But, he's but he fought super short notice. He fought uh, Marcin Tibera in right. Australia. After that, so yeah, he's got know, two wins in a row.
1: Okay, yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, you know, if they want to give Verdum a shot, that's that's certainly fine by me. If it works to the champion's liking as well. I don't think he, like, deserves it first uh, or before Kane, per se. But, yeah, I mean, if uh, if if uh, Steepy wants to fight again at a, at a time before Kane Velasquez can fight and Verdum wants to fight him, let's do it.
0: Well, let's uh, switch gears and talk about Daniel Cormier's win. Yeah. Um, You know, coming in fighting Vulcan isdemir who kind of had hype, you know, after a couple of spectacular knockouts. Yeah, two fights in 70 so. seconds, Uh, you know, coming in. Maybe not quite the aura that Francis Ngannou had with... Uh, you know the punching power and all right. this kind of myth mystical stuff behind him, but nevertheless with uh you know with the punching power and the knockouts uh, on his record, so he comes in and Daniel Cormier takes a couple shots, but you know executes and gets the finish in the second round uh you know master class from from Daniel Cormier sure. to uh, uh i you know technically i guess retain the belt mm-hmm. um, but so what did you think were you were you impressed? was Vulcan is not ready?
1: I mean, of, of both, right? I I didn't uh, I didn't pick Vulcan to beat Daniel Cormier. I thought it was a a good legitimate matchup. I thought Vulcan had earned that fight. I thought he acquitted himself well. He he was not easy to take down, and Daniel Cormier did not look comfortable until the second round, until he got him on the ground, and it wasn't easy for him to get on the ground. So Vulcan did well. There's no reason to believe he he won't he won't be back. Daniel Cormier made adjustments. Uh, and, and against another – everyone's bigger than him – against another, another larger opponent, against another younger opponent, against another very hard-hitting opponent. That's impressive. I, I, I don't know how long Daniel Cormier should continue trying to do that. There's always going to be another tall, younger, fresher, bigger guy than you. And um, he before he got stopped by, by John Jones, I thought – Daniel Cormier was just fighting about as well as he's ever fought, especially with, with with his striking. He was just he was as quick. His timing was better. Like he was he was just fighting so well, and his speed was there. And Then he took a hard knockout kick effectively, and now he's older. He's t- you know, taking that damage and all the other other stuff he's accumulated. I, I I think he's right. Daniel Cormier said he's he's going to be retired by forty. He's what is he thirty eight now? That's that's about right. He he can't be doing this forever because I thought. Cormier would be able to get Vulcan down easier than he did, and it was it was tricky, and I think it was tricky because Cormier was his timing, his his reflexes looked a little bit slower, which that's gonna happen. It's not like, I'm not criticizing him. It's just that's what's gonna happen. So, but yeah, I was impressed by both dudes. Uh, I mean, Vulcan was not easy to take down when I, in the first half of the first round. I said, "Oh man, Cormier is gonna have to avoid shots for like three or four rounds because Vulcan's not he's not gonna be easy to to, to take down." But Cormier made some big adjustments, like you said, and just was able to still pretty much, even though it was risky, pretty much able to control control it, and any effective offense after the first few minutes was all him. Very impressive.
0: Yeah, definitely very impressive. And, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how history defines his legacy. I think Mike, uh, Mike Bond from MMA Junkie Rolling Stone was tweeting out something that like his reign is already top 10 in longest cumulative days as light heavyweight champion, and um, assuming that he doesn't lose until he retires at his 40th birthday when he wants to uh which is like 14 months away it'll be like maybe top five or one of the longest at light uh, heavyweight no i think in general okay
1: yeah because at light heavyweight is way past that yeah yeah.
0: i mean just uh you know across in ufc history but But, like that john jones thing will always linger over him which is unfortunate because i mean outside of those two fights he's perfect
1: yeah he is and and beyond that uh
0: or technically one fight.
1: Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and yeah, that's right. I mean, if you cork your bad, if you do, I mean, like, that that's, that matters, right? Like, I, I'm sorry, but it matters. Uh, I'm not even a bit, I don't even have a real big heart on for for being anti-drugs, generally anti-PED specifically. But if we're there, if we're in the moment where we have these rules, it does matter that John Jones constantly breaks uh, specifically not just drug uh, policies, but performance-enhancing drug policies. So that does definitely matter to me. I That definitely was a no contest, that last one. But uh, not only has Daniel Cormier had this long reign, and that's an interesting thing. That could be complicated or compounded or uh, assisted or, or 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 um, you know, I guess detracted from by a lot of factors. Like Tito Ortiz had an incredibly long reign with relatively few frights at certain points for a lot of reasons. So, but I'll say this, Daniel Cormier... Not only is his record outside of John Jones perfect. Not only did he fight John Jones well and give him good challenges, he's also done things that John Jones has not done. John Jones has done things that Daniel Cormier has done, pretty much only like beating Daniel Cormier. Like he's he, you know, he's effectively stayed undefeated. But but Daniel Cormier has done things that John Jones has not done. Very important things, specifically decisively beating, even though it was close a close fight, so decisively beating Alexander Gustafson. I thought John Jones fought courageously and ended the fight strong but by the current when he fought alexander gustafson but by the current by by the uh, by the judging criteria we had i didn't see any way you can give him that fight and i thought cormier legitimately beat alexander gustafson i uh daniel cormier twice beat anthony rumble johnson who might be the the most dangerous light heavyweight we'd ever seen since chuck Liddell, maybe ever one of the most dangerous in terms of one one shot power fighters you've ever seen in all of mma He's, of course, a guy that at heavyweight knocked out former world champions like uh, like Andre And John Jones never even faced him. Maybe he would have smoked him. Maybe he... I don't know. But Daniel Cormier, I hear... There should be a debate about who is the best or most accomplished light heavyweight of all time, and it's probably between John Jones and Daniel Cormier, and that debate shouldn't be settled in the minds of fans right now. I, I don't one aspect is head to head competition and there's other things as well. So yeah, he, his 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 legacy is already secure. Uh, I'm sure it's not as much as he, it's not as secure as he would like to be and not a definitive. I'm sure he would love to be John Jones, but I, I think when you look at the at
0: the big picture, they're they're neck and neck at worst. So we got some uh, people chiming in in the chat. We got Timothy Campbell who said drugs or no drugs Jones is a good fighter in response to to what you were just talking about no one will ever disagree with that comment ever uh nicole bosco asked or said uh, anthony johnson comes back as a heavyweight you know he they was, he's talked he retired but he's talked about having the itch to come back what's up um, nicole yeah. You know, yeah no that would be cool yeah you know that's uh, definitely something that's an option though hopefully he um, just you know stops with, yelling at and hitting Cormier's women outside about, of the ring and then I'd love to see him back hitting men if a uh, Cormier retires, then that kind of maybe opens up a door for Anthony Johnson at light heavyweight too. Uh, w- Timothy also chimed in and said, "Let's talk about Diaz in all capitals uh, <laughs> coming back with with the arm flexing emoji." So for those of you who don't know, Nate Diaz posted on Instagram that he's tired of waiting for. Uh, whatever i don 't remember his exact phrase excitement, but, to be yeah excitement by or something fighters. or other fighters, so he said he wants to come back. May or June is the perfect cool. date um immediately Kevin Lee threw his name out there, uh, and Eddie Alvarez both out you know threw their name out there, willing to uh accept him back but but I think what's a you know Nate Diaz coming back is almost as big of a deal as Connor McGregor, I think
1: yeah, no, it is I mean they're equal draws, and uh arguably, Nate has gotten the better of Connor McGregor. So yeah, no, it really is. It, it it definitely is. He would argue he's the uncrowned champion. That claim, Nate Diaz, that claim gets more and more tenuous. More the more that Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov accomplish, but for those that consider Conor McGregor the the, the lightweight champion, well then Nate Diaz and those fo- to those folks should have a real good argument because uh, you know he 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 finished Conor McGregor after jumping off the couch and uh, uh, short notice, and then they fought him again, gave him an immediate rematch, which McGregor has not given him, and uh, arguably beat him there in an amazing fight, uh, close-fought fight, so yeah, it's a huge deal. He's a, big, he's, a, he's a gigantic draw. He's one of the biggest, like Conor McGregor, one of the biggest draws in, in, uh, and, and uh, biggest followings in, in the UFC history, so that's a big deal because, I mean, this, ha- have I missed it? Has he given
0: a definitive time range before this? No, he no, hasn't right? given, uh, like, you know, he, it's so been that's more important. when the right fight or whatever comes up. Yeah. And uh, reportedly, the UFC's been offering him fights all along. He's just turning them down. But they're, like, contractually obligated to offer him fights right. to keep him under contract. Otherwise, he'd be released. And he's been turning them down. So it'll be interesting to see who they match him up with. You know, Justin Gaethje coming in, mm-hmm. kind of provided some, you know, a new face and a spark. I mean, the lightweight division in, in general is just super entertaining, even with sure. the Conor McGregor cloud. But Nate Diaz... Uh, it just makes it really even more exciting. I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I I can't imagine Nate Diaz would ask for anything short of a, a, either a Conor McGregor third fight or if it ends up being a different thing, a championship. And he shouldn't ask for anything less than that. Like he he's he's fought all the tough up and comers, the action fighters. Like he has yeah he ha- the you know the last guy to beat Conor McGregor arguably twice was Nate Diaz. Uh, he should ask for the he's the biggest money guy like unless they're going to give him a ton of guaranteed money he should ask for the biggest stage it should be a championship and or conor mcgregor fight so
0: you're saying he shouldn't take the kevin lee or the eddie alvarez fight i wouldn't if i was him there's no reason to do that but the issue with that timeline is that tony ferguson and Khabib are fighting in april and he comes back in may and june that might be too quick of a turnaround yeah no because that's not gonna i don't think that imagine that's a fight where either guy is going to take whoever wins is going to take little damage right yeah no, that's a
1: very good point. I don't. I don't think Nate is is too concerned with their time, like their timeline and stuff like that. I don't know if he's saying May or June because he thinks he could fit in with other people, or if he's just saying I'm I'm ready by then. I don't know. And maybe he's maybe he'll fight anyone for I don't know. But if I were him, I just at this point in his career, the damage he's inevitably going to take in every fight, win, lose or draw, and, and with the amount of drawing power he has and the fact that his payment is so highly dependent on pay-per-view numbers not like an adequate base guaranteed at purse that he sh- he has to like if you're going to fight kevin lee great what are your paper what's your pay-per-view payout going to be nothing because it's probably not going to be on pay-per-view or a main event or the only way
0: to get the pay-per-view points is to be a champion or hold a lot of clout which yeah. he arguably might but you'd have to still be the main event and they tend yeah. to not put non-title fights in a you know, uh, pay-per-view but, unless yeah, yeah. uh of course you are nate ds right 196 and 202 hey if
1: he can lift himself up i mean i think he can carry a pay-per-view card even if it's not for a title and then sure i think they, if yeah. they give him that spot i think he can do it so it'll be interesting to see
0: kyle chimed in on the chat and said would love to see a co-headline card featuring tony khabib and nate and connor winner square off in the late summer fall for undisputed title a little double uh, a little mini lightweight grand prix <laughs> if you will that w- i i would be interested in seeing that um Great and idea. he's Nicole said Nate should fight Kevin Lee a fight that he could win and a big hype could be uh, could be made. The press conference alone would be entertaining. Eddie <laughs> is too bland. I I would agree with that. The hype might be there. Kevin Lee can work the microphone. Um, I think Eddie Alvarez, for all us trying during the Conor McGregor UFC 205 buildup, didn't really do much on that side of things i mean he made the effort but i i don't know, i think that's just a skill that comes naturally to some people and i don't, sure. know, that it's,
1: and I don't know that it's necessary his, his it's not even real, necessarily
0: a great skill of nate diaz is either hey, people just i think love his
1: blunt, I think short is. answers with I, d- I think nate is actually really uh really massive i think it's authentic but i think he's pretty he's pretty masterful at, at uh controlling the crowd he has a different style and stuff than, than other folks uh, but yeah, no, I mean, hey, if he fought Kevin Lee, that'd that'd be that'd be a great fight. I'd I'd watch it. I just I wouldn't do it unless Kevin Lee was a champion. If I was Nate Diaz,
0: yeah. And uh, Tim chimed in and said, "I agree, Eddie is not uh not the draw that Nate Diaz deserves." So, you know, some uh, people like, are- sadly, maybe Eddie Alvarez
1: marketed correctly would be yeah. But, you know, you know, you you never know. I'm not uh, trying to criticize these other guys, you know, uh, at all. Uh, and here, let me be clear. In an ideal world, any of these matchups could be made, and all of them would be paid what they deserve. That's not what we get in the UFC. So I'm, I encourage those who have leverage power, le- leverage,
0: and any type of power to exert it for themselves <laughs> is what I'm getting at. It's interesting, though. It presents like if they're going to do the November Madison Square Garden event again, which is becoming a staple mm. here, just like Fight Week, you need a huge title fight. And then Diaz coming back and fighting Connor in June, and then the winner of that going on to fight at Madison Square Garden maybe isn't as sexy as Connor and Nate fighting in Madison Square Garden. Um, but it could, I but love, it could be. I love that idea. I just think it's –
1: are we going to see Nate and Conor McGregor commit and actually fulfill fighting that, that- – <laughs> Twice in the span of, I don't think at this point in their career. They both used to fight all the freaking time. But, yeah, I, that would be fun, though. May, June, and then November. Love it. That's
0: great. That that and title eliminator, if they could actually make it happen. Awesome. There's uh, three minutes before we're going to try and get Mike Brown, AT&T coach, on the phone. Uh, I did want to bring up one cool story uh, to discuss that's from Bellator. And we haven't even gotten to talk about Rory McDonald winning the welterweight yeah. title at Bellator yeah. 182 in, in a tough fight against Douglas Lima. So, alima mcfarland she's uh the flyweight champion at bellator her house burned down in hawaii including um her title belt Jeez! and she posted a picture of it it's like barely recognizable it just looks like a it looks like a pile of dust that's kind of like still vaguely in the shape of a belt real heartbreaking but bellator surprised her with a new belt uh i guess yesterday or monday maybe uh this week nonetheless and, and i thought that was kind of a cool thing you know you saw you know sergio pettis lost his mm. uh, olympic medals in the fires in california and stuff and, and you know i don't think bellator necessarily had to and it doesn't really seem like she even asked him to but i thought that yeah. was kind of a cool thing it's, it's nice i mean there. they
1: do have to they're gonna have her but not have a belt
0: well when they do the promotional <laughs> yeah. stuff they they bring a belt for that or at least yeah, that's no, how the that's ufc true. operates yeah
1: that's a good point they could just fake it forever and for those of you who yeah. haven't
0: Who've never watched uh, or been at like a, a media day for the UFC and like kind of seen the magic these fights when they have multiple title mm-hmm. fights and you know they bring up the co-main and they square off and then they turn forward and pose for the pictures and a UFC PR person hands them yeah. the belt and as they walk off they hand the belt back to the PR person and then the main event comes up and they square off and then they turn forward it's to face the camera so and then the bushly. PR guy hands them the same you call it magic belt. I call it like double A baseball garbage it's uh, so well, weird I think the, I think the thought process. Yeah is behind it is that you're you're going to win a new belt so mm-hmm. it's like that's the new belt that you're essentially fighting for sure except they don't always so like give them a new
1: belt some people wish, get them some people don't
0: right yeah. uh you know and that was famously like the issue with uh Dana White and Conor McGregor at UFC mm-hmm. 205 like, they weren't ready Dana White was like you were supposed to bring no well he they brought <laughs> they had one new belt for him for winning the lightweight <laughs> but they didn't bring a featherweight belt for him and Dana was like you're supposed to bring the featherweight belt so <laughs> anyways you know had she been doing promotional stuff i'm sure she would have had a belt but for them to like just send one and it was really quickly it wasn't yeah. much of a turnaround that's at all. good
1: pr no that's good hope i yeah, hope she can uh it's tough because they don't get a salary so she's gonna have to make her life anew uh, but yeah that's nice I'm, i didn't know that they send her the belt that's very good if it came inside of a new apartment that'd
0: be even cooler <laughs> <laughs> well i don't think I don't think it was necessarily her house yeah. where maybe it was a house they were staying at and it wasn't yeah, her house, or or a family member's house. Jeez, that's so scary. I don't think she actually lives, she lives in Hawaii. Okay. I think she lives in Southern California. Oh, okay. in Southern Cal- she was gotcha. out there visiting. Jeez.
1: Well, I'm uh, glad every, it sounds like everyone was okay at least. Yeah.
0: Oh, jeez, That's so scary. But that's,
1: I'm glad she's got a new one because more than anything that matters to, you know, it's a thing that matters, I'm sure, to fighters that they actually have that physical manifestation of, of what they've accomplished after they've earned it you know so that's i'm sure felt really good to her to get another one right right away.
0: well it's 230 do you want to try and yeah get, uh, let's try to give uh, coach mike on the line let's do that give him a ring. so the next evolution of the show now that we've gotten the three cameras uh and we, we've got some producer help coming is is maybe getting these people lined up to, to join us uh off camera but in the meantime we can still do this it keeps the show authentic and uh, for everybody who's listening in uh for the first time and watching on facebook um, you can also check out the podcast on iTunes, uh, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, and uh, all the other various mediums. Um, and for those of you listening, you can watch live on Sports Illustrated MMA and see what we look like on the Facebook page every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's some good dead air coverage, Mike. You know, I try. <laughs> I try to keep the, keep the ball rolling. <laughs> We're dialing
1: up Coach Mike Brown here. See if he's around. Mike, can you hear us? Oh, let us see. we got to turn your volume up. I think I heard you, but... Nice. can you hear him? No. Hold, stay with us, Coach. Sorry about that. Trying to get your level up. What about what about now? Can you say? Can you you hear us, Mike? Shoot, I hear you faintly. Can you hear him, Mike?
0: Is he he plugged in all the way? Might not be.
1: All right, I think that might be it. All right, three. (laughs) Yeah, we we got you. Sorry to keep you in suspense, Mike. This is just a continuation of. The uh, the who's on first game? I was playing with you, Mike Brown, yesterday when we had confusion about. <laughs> I could, it was, my, was my, funny. my mistake yesterday. I'm getting a bunch of texts from Mike Brown about clarifying time because he thought we were talking yesterday. So just just to continue the professional vibe, we thought we would <laughs> keep people. Yeah, hold it's there. like
2: 3:30. You're like, yes, 3:30. I'm like, well, it's 3:45. <laughs> yes, three three thirty. It's three forty-five right now, Eastern Time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, was it was not my it was not my finest moment. I appreciate your no, your um, patience. <laughs>
2: mine also. It was a combination. <laughs>
1: so I'm here with my partner uh, uh, Mike Dice. We got another double Mike episode, um, and uh, we got a bunch we want to chat with you about. We can, I feel like we can never talk to you about everything you've got going on because you're one of, if not the busiest coaches in, in high level MMA, but. We're gonna do our best. We this was it this week. They announced that Joanna Jędrzejczyk is gonna get the immediate rematch against Rose Namajunas for the strawweight yes. belt. So we definitely wanna ch- chat about, chat about that first. Congratulations on that. I'm sure that's the fight you guys wanted. I know the last time we were on here, you kind of alluded to, you know, hoping that would uh, that would happen. Um, I imagine the mood mood is high. I seen you've been posting about the start of camp for her, for her already.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty psyched uh, that that's a done deal, and uh, she just got in the beginning of the week, and campus started.
0: Going in through, uh, you know, she's so used to uh, coming in as the champion and trying, is there just, like, a different vibe or mentality that she's taking into this camp as the challenger? Uh,
2: she's just, uh, just right back where she left off. Uh, I see she's, like, always willing to work hard, and right away uh you know day one no no rest no no acclimating just boom right right to it right to the toughest practice of the week like a, a large group wrestling practice which is uh, probably the toughest practice of our week, and, and, and she hasn't been doing any wrestling uh while she was at home she was just focusing on other stuff but boom right into it no problem uh i mean just a workhorse so it's not a uh, it's not a big deal <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm sure you didn't have any real doubts about her but is is seeing her on day one come back so strong did that that help give you extra confidence just about uh, about her mentality and if this is the right timing because sometimes there's a you know it could be argued in some situations it's the right thing to run it back right away for you know someone that's just lost and sometimes it might be better to give them space um I remember when 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 Ronda Rousey lost to Holly Holm Dana White was trying to push an immediate rematch right away. And I, I, I wrote a, a bit about it. I said, you know, that seems like a really, really bad idea for all sorts of reasons. I know you guys wanted this fight. You got it. And you were probably confident to begin with. But seeing the way she 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 came in strong to start camp, did that help you really, really have confidence? Did this is
2: the no, right thing I'm, to do? No. I, my, I was really confident the whole time. Mm. Uh, never never second-guessed it for one second. Um mm i was more worried about waiting too long because uh i was afraid if we wait too wait too long then uh maybe rose will take another fight and i think you know chances of her losing uh, is always there and you know i I would like to see you want to get this match uh back and uh you know maybe if rose uh fights elsewhere and and then you know lose this somehow and then maybe we don't ever get that fight again so I I would just like to see this one uh done again
1: there was a a video that that was put out um I think I think Joanna posted on on social media from I think it was a a weight cut she did in 2015 It looked brutal and uh, and of course she's now spoken publicly how this the, the weight cut for this last fight didn't go according to plan it was especially draining She's always made weight, but it's it seems clear that it's she Joanna always has to go to the, go through hell to get to one fifteen. What was Joanna this week? I think on an Ariel Hawani show talked about fourteen pounds and fourteen hours. I mean, and and, and just how, how how rough it is. One coach, I'm wondering if you can talk about what you what you saw and what you what you perceived in that period. How how rough was it? And then two, what what ways? If you can explain to fans, and what ways can can do weight cuts always? wait and we we talk about weight cuts like it's a like it's a, an easy thing, but it's extreme dehydration. What ways can that affect someone's ability to to take a blow to the head, uh, their conditioning, and things like that?
2: Well, yeah this this is this is what happened. You know, we I, I, I was really quiet about it, of course. You know, uh, after the fight, because uh, you know I just followed the lead. It's not my place to say. It. In, in a lot of ways, I I let the athlete uh, dictate what is said, you know, how much they want to uh, release. Yeah. But it was um, to, to, to be honest, this was like uh, one of the hardest weight cuts I've ever seen. You know, it was uh, one of those deals where uh, she pulled uh, an all nighter, um, you know, cutting weight from roughly like five or six p.m. till till sh- straight, really no, literally no stopping. Uh, I mean, except for like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, you know, but pretty much 5, 6 p.m. till 4 a.m. And then she was still way over. And but there was a decision made. She needs to rest a little bit. Give her give her some time. And she she rested for an hour and then back at it at 5 a.m. And then all the way till 11, which was the cutoff time to make the wait. You know, it was bad enough where, you know, the the UFC doctor came. uh, Dr. D came up and wanted to see her you know, in the room, uh, I mean, it was a very, very difficult, uh, weight cut, one, one of the worst I've seen in, in all my years, you know, was it the worst? Maybe it was, it was up there with one of the worst, you know? And, uh, so, you know, then you have 24 hours, uh, to rehydrate and, uh, you know, there's, there, you know, there's no IVs allowed anymore unless you go to the, uh, the hospital. I think you can, you can go, but, but, That we didn't do that, Um, so you know the hydration process you know is is tough. When I mean it was, it was a really hard cut, and you know I truly believe that it it affected her ability to take a punch. You know, was it? Can I say for you know fact one hundred percent? No, of course. Sure, Uh, but looking Mm -hmm. back, people ask me, you know, what do I think happened? And uh, I I truly believe that this was uh, the major uh cause of the result of that fight i mean I hate to take anything from rose she, i mean she i think she's a great competitor um but but i just feel like uh Ioana's ability to take a punch is se- severely like compromised
0: you know they got rid of the iv to try and i think prevent people from making such drastic weight cuts but with if she was able to get an iv and not be you know in trouble with the rules or so to speak would that have helped her recover faster so it would have been a different performance
2: i believe so i mean i think there's a lot of things i mean you know hindsight is twenty twenty. but i think there's many things that that could have changed it would have went different you know um it was just a matter of fact I, it was like a, a a miscalculation of of the weight cut it was like it, too much was held for too long so she she did it all the last minute you know so it was i mean it could have been dropped i think she was pretty light when she arrived but I think she was eating and drinking throughout the week she had you know uh, her her you know perfecting athletes nutrition company was kind of handling it and kind of dictating what was done and uh, it was she just came in really heavy you know on, on that last night and was I mean I don't I think most athletes honestly wouldn't have made the weight you know it was one of those deals where it was just all night long you know, um, uh, you know, I had, I've seen it before, you know, but not many times, maybe once or twice situation like this, you know, um, you know. it was, it was really, it was really tough. Uh, I mean, looking back, it's like, uh, maybe we, you know, either one come into the week, uh, lighter to, uh, drop weight during that week and get lighter the day before the fight. So maybe we're dropping eight, you know, six to eight pounds, in, in one day instead of, you know, 15, uh, three. Yeah. Okay. If we are severely dehydrated, then, then we, then we roll the dice and we go to the, we go to see a doctor and get medically cleared to use the IV. You know th- Those are the things that could have been done.
0: You know, it feels like everybody's trying to solve the puzzle of how to fix the weight cutting issue in MMA, you know, with your experience, what do you think is the right way to fix it? Or is that just kind of a part of the sport that's not going to go away no matter what you do?
2: I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, they can do, you know, like uh, hydration tests, and, and you know, they c- they can run some some sort of system where they monitor the athletes and make sure people aren't cutting. But then, at least it's on a lev- level playing field. Right now, you you a lot of times you are and you feel you have to do it because there are many athletes that are. So you're at a disadvantage if you don't. If you don't come cut weight and you come in at your you know, walk-around weight, then maybe you're going to be 10, 15, or 20 pounds smaller than your opponent. So you're kind of in a spot where you know, it's, it's tough. You, you, you kind of have to if you want to compete at that level sometimes. Um, another thing that can help is adding new weight classes. Obviously, them adding 125 changes things for many people, right? But it was 115 to 135. So that was a huge gap for, for women. You know, you had twenty pounds, and, and for uh, for smaller athletes, this is a, a huge percentage of their body body weight, and uh, they're forced. You know, if they're stuck in the middle, that you know, they're kind of forced cutting a cutting a bunch, or they're going to be really undersized.
1: I wanted to, if it was cool with you guys, and thanks for that insight, Coach. That is, it sounds ex- extremely scary. I didn't realize it was it was an all night thing. It's 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 hard for athletes cutting weight to sleep. I know a lot of times to to stay up cutting way through that whole time is just it's kind of um kind of incredible to think about and um i want to talk some about some more of your students you got specifically i don't think we ever talked about him on the show much but uh kyoji horiguchi uh, for fan newer fans that may not know who he is uh he he's lost only twice in his, his entire career the last time he lost was in was at that it was in Montreal I think right. Uh, he lost Demetrius Johnson at the, literally the last yeah. second of a fight in a great competitive yeah. fight. Yeah, and at right after that he won I think three straight U, uh, UFC fights and he's won five times. Uh, in, in what did he win five times in 2017? He won five and zero this past year. He's just on a crazy one, run. He I,
2: yeah, a, I don't know the calendar dates, but he yeah he's been tearing it up in and rising yeah it was w- a tournament with four fights and then he had one before that so five fights in rising
1: that's amazing and, so, and of course he he went there i don't if, and you guys can correct me if i'm remembering correctly but he left the ufc i guess they weren't offering him what he could make elsewhere which is kind of crazy the number one arguably number one flyweight contender can't get it again can't get a good enough offer he gets a higher offer from a, um, uh, an organization that's not the, the the top organization in the world He's doing super well out there. What, how long has he been working with you exactly, in at, at ATT? And and what's some of the uh, what's some of the improvements that you've that you've seen in in that time? I know you're always you're, you're super high on the guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, an amazing athlete, and uh, I think he started mo- training with us uh, maybe the second fight after the Demetrius Johnson fight. So he he had lost to Demetrius. Then he had one more fight, I think, maybe against Chico Camus. And then, then he moved to ATT. Okay. Um, you know, he's always been uh, an amazing athlete with an amazing striking game. I think the biggest difference now is the, you know, small techniques of uh, you know takedown defense, takedown offense. You know, uh, ability to get back to your feet. Uh, ju- you know, ju- you know, solid jujitsu fundamentals. You know, these type of things have really rounded his, his game out, but i mean he he's as good as an athlete as i've ever seen hmm. uh you know probably the fastest a- athlete I've, I've ever i've ever been involved with or or seen uh crazy strong great endurance and the hardest worker in the whole gym hmm. so it's like it's, i mean he's pretty damn impressive That's awesome. uh and he's he's getting better fast he fought for the title at like i think he was 24 yeah, and out of a small gym in japan you know uh the learning curve was huge when he got here, with all these world-class uh, coaches and training partners. I mean, he's getting—he got better really quickly, you know. And uh, I, I would love to see him get another uh, shot at De- Demetrius. Uh, I don't know if they'll cross paths, on, or 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 when it will take place, but this guy is a, is a, is a special athlete, and uh, I, I just I just hope he gets a chance to. To maybe redeem that one. Who who knows? But yeah. he's doing big things in, in Ryzen.
1: Yeah, it really is. Uh and I, I'm kinda curious about that. So you you fought all over the world in your in your world championship uh career, Mike. And i I know the the dynamics between different organizations and how free agency has worked has changed over time. I know there was a period of time where, you know, you had organizations uh in Japan like Pride or or K-1 and its various iterations, and the UFC battling over free agents, right? You can do something in the UFC and get a big contract in Japan, or you can, you can do some things in Japan and get, get uh, brought over by the UFC. Is it possible in this environment that, that you can, – can that fluidity happen? Do you think there's a chance that uh, Horiguchi could end up in the UFC theoretically one day, or is it more of a situation like do you feel where when, once you make that move – uh, let's say to Japan and a big organization where he's fighting at now, and you're doing big things there, and you become a, a tournament champion. That you kind of stay put. Is it is it different than it used to be? Do you feel?
2: I know. I think yeah. I think guys are moving around more for sure. You know, it's it's more of a bit of a free market. People, I think, are are, are even in when they don't need to, are changing because of. Of money you know like guys like uh you know rory mcdonald and lorenz larkin who are, who are doing well and ranked really highly in the ufc making changes you know and then some of their, their guys that go back and forth and uh from other organizations back to the ufc you, you know you've seen this with guys like uh, rampage jackson uh and, and i just think it's becoming more and more you know uh, common so uh yeah i can see it happen i can see it happening you know who knows when? Who sure? Who knows what's next? But uh, it's or, I know,
1: it's an awkward question. I know to try to answer, and you don't. But like, but you know, I I am just curious because you you can make an argument that he's top two or three at worst ranked uh, contenders at both bantamweight now and flyweight. So you gotta you know when you get that level of accomplishment, everyone wants to know: Are you going to fight this guy, that guy? No matter what organization you know you're in. So it is it is something that's on the mind. If if, if you're an American fan, you haven't seen. uh Horaguchi's recent fights, including his New Year's Eve uh, fights, his 2017 fights, especially, do yourself a favor and and check those out. Some some really impressive uh, wins. the The first time I think that that uh, we met had a proper introduction. It was when you were cornering one of your other fighters, Charles Rosa, at an event in in Boston. There was, of course, uh, another event that just happened in Boston this past weekend. We were talking about. Uh, and uh, Rosa was going to be on that card. He's from Boston, and unfortunately, he had to pull out of it. And it turns out it's some really scary-sounding injuries, actually, that are taking some some real rehab. How how's that been? Uh, you know, for him, is, as far as you can tell, as a coach, and and um, how's how's it for you? I mean, I know it's you 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 care a lot about your guys. To see someone be pulled from a hometown card and then have to go at a such a young age through something that's going to take uh, some real rehab, like with the neck
2: yeah well i mean i think he had some issues for a long time that he wasn't quite sure what was going on he he had lost like the strength in in kind of both arms equally so he didn't really notice it it's usually easier to easier to notice if it's one arm because then you, you see the big difference right. but he had lost a bunch of strength in in, in both arms wow. and like like he couldn't really do a push up properly and like he said his his like his girlfriend could beat him in a arm wrestling match <laughs> he said it was really weird you know yeah. and uh but uh i think he'll be a different guy after this fight you know yeah. uh, I, it was it was strange it was like something was wrong with him he start you know he, you could you could tell in some positions he w- he was he was weak you know and then in and then some he's like crazy freaky strong and he has a really good endurance um, uh, but there was just a few positions where, he, uh, he, he was just really weak and he, he couldn't get the positions. And, uh, and now it, looking back, it all makes sense. Mm. The guy just had like a, some crazy nerves being pinched off hard and, and he, he was losing all the strength. And I think, uh, uh I think everything's great again, imme- immediately after he had a surgery and, and, uh, I think the next day he, the, the strength was, you know, like 90 percent back already wow. so it was it seems like everything was successful and i'm um, really happy for for him that's he knows awesome. what's up you know
1: that's great that's really great to hear i uh, i had one more question i know dice may or may not have another one for you too but i gotta ask well last time you're we on we we asked you about you cornering and, and coaching Andre laske and i know that was something that he, by, from his public comments, was just, he was just thrilled with your coaching. And there's something that was pretty that you seem to enjoy. You seem to like him a lot. I know he's, he's down there training again with you. I've seen him from social media. He's got a fight. He's fighting Stefan Struve. How do you just talk about the matchup? How do you, what do you think of that fight, uh, Andre Olaski versus Stefan Struve? How do, you, how do you see that matchup going?
2: Oh, well, it's really cool. I like being involved with Oloski. I'm a huge fight fan. And, you know, the guy was a, a, a world champion when I was coming up. And so, you know, I've always looked up to the guy a bit. So it's really cool to being part of, you know, what he's doing. Uh, and I'm happy he looked good in his last one. And, and I like the Struve fight, you know. I think he's uh, he's quicker and faster and more athletic than Struve. Uh, he's, uh, he's training hard. He's, he's doing a lot of, like, uh, you know, group classes, going live with, with you know, uh good variety of partners you know all different sizes and and ages and and different talent levels uh he's going to be in great shape and and honestly i'm um i'm really confident uh, in in the fight I, i can see him uh you know using his speed to his advantage and i think he can honestly win the fight on the feet or the ground
0: there's just one topic that came up this week and then i wanted to touch on before we let you go uh chris cyborg put on instagram that she wanted to uh, or was offered or wants to fight amanda Nunes international fight week for uh for the title well, what are your thoughts on that much is that something you're interested in seeing uh, amanda Nunes do
2: yeah i mean it's a that's a big fight big fight for both of them you know uh a chance to kind of like you know really leave a legacy behind you know it's it's admirable to to challenge the you know another champion who's in a weight class outside of yours i think the fans uh will want to see it and i think it'll um propel both of them to to a to a higher level um i know they've gone back and forth on on uh you know trying to make it happen and for one whatever reason and uh it's it seemed like it wasn't going, and now it is. But yeah, I, I like the fight. I, I like the the idea of taking challenges, and and as a fan, I look forward to seeing it. It's
1: awesome. Well, well, Mike, we've been on for for those who just tuned in. We've been on the line this past twenty minutes or so with Mike Brown, the head coach at uh, at at American Top Team.
2: Oh, not the head coach. One of the head coach. <laughs> you're one of the head no. coaches. One of, one of, no one of one of one of many coaches. One yeah, of many the head coaches coach is, is is Conan Silvera. That's uh, right i am uh, uh one of a many in a in a in a great team and a great army that we got that down you the, definitely down do have a great floor.
1: army, so look get that he's also super super humble, which he is, but yeah th- thanks so much for for talking about a whole host of topics like we said we always love having you on you're and you're you're also you know again you wouldn't know it from how much time he gives us, but Mike Brown is one of the busiest coaches in in all of fight sports. And it would be hard to argue that there's many uh, better than him. So Mike Brown, thanks again for being on next rounds podcast. Really appreciate oh, anytime, it.
2: Anytime. Thanks for having me guys.
0: Our pleasure. Take care, brother. See ya. Great guy. Really appreciate all the time. He's, he gives us uh you know, great insight. Pretty, pretty honest and upfront with his answers yeah. too. always, always love having him. One of, one of a handful of regular, I mean, I, I think we've gone from repeat to regular guests yeah. on round's podcast <laughs> and, and, and he's joining it. So, uh, this basically wraps up another episode of the extra rounds podcast before we go what do you got coming this week uh content wise let's see this right actually a whole gang of, of yeah, outlets
1: this too this week's actually a slow week i probably don't have anything coming out until next week i'll have uh, a couple new columns out hopefully next week at mixed dot com, and uh, yeah the remainder of this week is actually some just academic stuff i'm doing so i kind of pump the brakes a little bit i'm kind of busy with that and doing some uh teaching and training and i actually cleared my week because i was supposed to compete this this uh, saturday uh in a in a, a submission only match um at an mma event but yesterday my opponent unfortunately had to pull out it was some family emergencies so i kind of cleared my week a little bit of writing except for of course coming to do the x rounds podcast i cleared my week so yeah
0: it's a light week this week how about you man what you got coming in your column you know, basically what I really want to want to touch on is that we, we had people at both Bellator and UFC. Yep. And we got some great videos, content up on uh, the fan side of YouTube page. So if you haven't caught up with everything the fighters said after their fights, feel free to head over to the YouTube uh, Fansite's YouTube page and check out all, all the interviews. Otherwise, uh, talk to Derek Brunson. And even though he's not a lightweight, he gave me his thoughts on the lightweight title picture and the whole Conor McGregor saga. And I think he, he had some valid points. And uh, he didn't need to go into depth about it because it doesn't involve him at all. But... But he did, and uh, you know, there's there's been a little bit of turmoil at the middleweight, so he's kind of got a little bit of insight. But and he's fine this weekend. You reminded me, right? When he <laughs> fights Jacare, uh, he you know could be the number one title contender picture. Yeah. So uh, it's an interesting fight, and uh, we'll we'll break down all the action from this weekend next week and and look forward. Uh, but before we go, I just wanted to remind you that this episode of the Extra Rounds podcast was brought to you by Fanatics, where you can save fifteen percent off your purchase of fifty dollars and more, and get free shipping when you use the promo code Fansided. Like that, uh, when you check out. So visit Fanatics and start wearing your favorite fighters gear today. Uh, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for joining us.